welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner. We're the banter's as ferocious as Serbia versus Greece and FIBA yesterday, my friend. You see those two NBA legends putting on a show. The <laughs> MVPs of recent legend of the league going at it. Giannis doing everything he can, but just not able to pull through in the end. Dude, he dropped a, a FIBA record of 40 points. Like, he was, he was putting in the work, man. The fact that Serbia beat them in overtime, I mean... I guess, but hey, Giannis, man, he's carrying that Greece team just just for your boy. He does what he can, tries to keep Matt's happiness alive, but when you're going up against the Serbian monster, the back-to-back MVP, it's hard to get that W's. Plus, I, I mean, I, I don't really know these teams extremely well, but I mean, Jokic against Giannis. Let's, let's talk about the rest of the rosters. There's probably a reason why, you know, Giannis didn't pull it through in the end. Hey, man. He's, he is the number one unquestioned player in the league for a reason. He should have pulled it out. Just my opinion. <laughs> it is what it is. But at the end of the day, what can you do, right? You can't win them all, especially it's just one man in a 15-guy sport. But let's talk about another one man. Let's talk about a guy who has kept the entire NBA world waiting. And the situation is over. It's done with, and nothing came out of it. Kevin Durant is still in Brooklyn. The saga is over. The ridiculousness is done. I'm glad we don't have to talk about it anymore, in all honesty. Man, I love the memes that are coming out of it. Kevin Durant, Nets, trade me. Nets, no. Okay, fire fire the coach and the GM. Nets, no. No. I'm going to retire. No, you're not. Okay, I'll play. That's about right. <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, the, the conversation is that it's kind of embarrassing. It doesn't look good. Either way, man, you know, oh. Brooklyn Nets have to figure it out. They've got a lot to think about. Kevin Durant has a lot to think about, and it's a different story now because the team on paper is good, and, I mean, their odds are back to being, like, a top-four seed in the East all of a sudden that he's going to play. It's ridiculous. Well, dude, they're, like, their roster is pretty good when you think about the fact that they have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons as, you know, their three superstars. That's a great three-headed monster. Yeah. And then you have... Joe Harris and Seth Curry as your major shooters and then you've got the guy who was just absolutely a flamethrower in the bubble in TJ Warren coming off the bench like if he if he can capture any of that and bring it into this NBA season like that's pretty deep like that's a you know six man deep lineup and then not to mention like the other pieces that they have like who knows man like the Nets could make some noise and if they win the NBA championship this year against everybody saying like zero chance, ha ha ha, like this is so funny. I think it would just be kind of fitting for Kevin Durant. It might like, you know, enhance his legacy even more that he was able to do it through all this turmoil, man. It, it would be really good for him, but I more enjoy the GM side of things. The fact that, you know, Joe and crew, they stood their ground. They said, no, we're not doing this. We're not just throwing you away for nothing. And I mean, I still joke that Rudy Gobert is the reason why Kevin Durant didn't get traded, but at the end of the day, when you're trading such a superstar asset for so much contract length still, it's it's impossible. You're never going to find the right thing because you need to trade half your team, and if anyone has learned anything from the Carmelo Anthony situation to the New York Knicks, like you just do not gut your team for one player because when it does work out, it's great, but when it doesn't, which is most of the time, you end up looking like fools and are you know messed up for the next few years. Absolutely, man. Like, we didn't even gut our team to get Kawhi Leonard, and it still kind of set us back a little bit after he left, right? So could you imagine if we had to give up 
you know, Kyle, Fred, Siakam. Like, our team would have just been so bad. We wouldn't have won a championship. We would never, you know, be able to, to say that, you know, the Raptors have won, that we are still a good team today. So, yeah, man, I agree. Like, no team wanted to really to dance with that. So they're all going to focus on the, on the last big name on the market, which is Donovan Mitchell, man. I mean, Utah fleeced Minnesota, who's... You know, they're in a desperate situation to, to show that they're relevant. They're trying to capitalize on Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. So it, it might pan out. It probably won't. Um, <laughs> but now, you know, Utah's going going after more picks and, and more assets with Donovan. Like, let's see what they can do, man. The phone has been picked up once again. Next to Jazz, they are talking. They're trying to figure out what team wants which. I guess it's like, will Donovan Mitchell move now? He's the last big piece on the market, right? We'll we'll talk about the Pat Bev trade in a bit because it is relevant to this because, you know, his comments saying how, like, you know, KD has made it hard for guys to get paid for their jobs because nobody wants to make a trade. Nobody wants to make a move because there could have been a chance at Kevin Durant. And, and now it's, like, lesser so with Donovan Mitchell. But I just don't know where he's going to go, right? The Jazz want to get younger. They're looking to get assets. They've still got a decent amount of older pieces on this roster from, you know, Conley, Clarkson, Rudy Gay, they've got Boyan still, like, they can get younger and find more assets, and whether it be the Knicks and this Donovan Mitchell trade or other things, I'd be surprised if the Jazz were done making moves. Well, I think the Knicks are, like, their best target. Um, you know, speaking about Minnesota being a desperate franchise who's trying to capitalize, maybe the Knicks kind of feel that way. They haven't been relevant in, what, 40 years <laughs> so like they've got julius randall they've got rj barrett uh, you know they've got jalen brunson they add donovan mitchell now it, what's that going to cost them apparently they want to uh, especially thibodeau wants to keep quentin grimes over rj barrett would would rather include him uh which might you know save you some assets ob toppin and like a bunch of firsts like what's what are they going to be able to really give up for Utah to feel that enticed with the player package to not ask for like eight picks because at the end of the day I think Utah is going for for that rebuild for that tank and they want the picks and if New York's willing to give them up especially like some unprotected you know New York's gonna screw it up and be a fucking lottery <laughs> and, and give those picks over to Utah oh, like you I, you just know man exactly and I mean everyone's trying to go you know the model tank rebuild route right they're trying to go okc style and unfortunately even that might not work out because okc over here has to you know think about what they're gonna do now it's it's the no w's for Wembignana season because chet holmgren out for the season he's got a list frank injury in his right foot he finally defends lebron in one possession in the crossover or whatever and He's too fragile, got a foot injury. Like, it sucks. It really sucks. But now they've got to figure it out. Man, I think that is such a bad omen for his career um, to be drafted second overall, to have all of the concerns about you be about your size and your durability. And then in a pro-am game, guarding, yeah, arguably one of the bigger players in the NBA, one of the bigger forces in the NBA. But there are tons of guys who can, you know, bring force like lebron and like at like just like a big body crashing into you and the fact that he got hurt so quickly and so easily like makes me really sad they say it's going to be the full season so okc doesn't even get to see what they have in him 
I think that's that should affect Wembenyana's status, man. Because Wembenyana is like a taller, thinner Chet Holmgren. What are we going to, like, are we not going to just watch this and be like, oh, we should avoid Wembenyana because he's probably going to be frail. He's probably going to be like a bull bull who can never stay healthy enough to get into lineups because he's so tall and thin and so frail. Like, it's just, man, it's sad and scary. And if I'm, if I'm a team drafting at the top of next year's draft, I don't know if it's Wembenyana anymore, personally. It's hard, right? Seven footers and foot injuries. Name a more likely combination that's gonna derail your career. Like, it is. It's sad. Like OKC was really looking like this could be the real turning point when their rebuild really started to you know boil together and become something. And now it's just another year of nothing. I mean, I hear rumors that you know they don't want Shea to play in any you know Team Canada games. They don't want they don't want to lose any of their their assets at this point in time. But OKC, man, this you're on the tank side of things. You're going to have young kids where you don't know whether they're going to become something, whether they're going to bust, whether they're going to boom, whether they're going to have injuries or not. And and that's why you can't just rely on tanking, right? Like, the Jazz have to figure out, are they going to be middling or are they not? But with Chet and OKC, I just feel bad, you know? I want these rookies to have the opportunity to play. You know, we enjoyed watching Scotty be who we wanted to be, and, and Chet was that type of Rookie of the Year player. When Benyana is that type of, you know, almost guaranteed rookie of the year player if he's healthy and can play, right? But you've got it on the money. You have to think about injuries. You have to think about longevity because the best availability is being available. Simple as that. Yeah, the best ability is availability. So, like, the fact that, you know, he could come back, you know, this could be the one year of his career that he gets an injury and then he's injury-free or, or pretty durable, plays like 70-plus games for the rest of his career. Um, Joel Embiid is, is a recent memory of a guy who's been able to overcome the early career injuries to be yeah. a superstar, right? And we're hoping Zion is also that type of player. The thing about both of those guys is that they're much thicker guys than Chet and Wembenyana. So... The NBA is a very physical league, man. It's filled with a bunch of physical freaks who can crash and who can, you know, jump out of the gym, who are strong. Like, you need, a, I think, a thicker frame to really be a superstar in this league. And I just, I feel so bad for, for Chet, for OKC fans. And I feel bad for Wembenyana, man, because this could cost him a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, it, it could. And your comment of, of needing to be thicker, I think especially when you refer to, you know, the, the bigger wings, the centers especially, like when you have that size and you're expected to play against those players because your other option is, well, you're lanky, you got to do Kevin Durant style or you have to play on the perimeter with these super fast guards that you probably can't keep up with. Like, it, it, you know, we, we've seen the league in, in the past 30, 40 years be a guard-driven league and part of the reason why is there's been a history of large players coming into the NBA and either not being able to have the careers they could or having those careers cut short because of injuries. It's it's just a fact at this point. Greg Oden and Yao Ming, man, you know, just it just is the way it is unfortunately, man. But let's, you know, move on to to some brighter news. There was a brighter. trade in trade in the NBA. Yo, it's brighter. It's it's yeah. in California. It's sunny. I'll give you um, that. Yo, I'm not a huge Pat Bev fan, but you know Pat Bev is loved around the league. Uh, players love him, not what Russell Westbrook. But hey, man, he gets traded to the LA LA Lakers, and LA's got now a defensive guard presence, which is nice. You know, cover up for Westbrook if they have to keep him. <laughs> 
Honestly, I think it's a great trade. I think getting Pat Bev on this team is good. The Lakers, when they won a championship in the bubble, they were a defensive team. They were strong on the defensive end. Have you looked at their defensive statistics in the last two years? It's towards the bottom of the league in their rating. So Pat Bev will definitely help on that matter. The Pat Bev and Westbrook situation aside, I don't even want to get into it because, you know, Westbrook might not even be on this team, but they don't like each other. There's been some serious beef. So whether this is the Lakers being like, hey, Westbrook, we definitely don't want you. Here's another reason why you shouldn't be around. Uh, I don't know, but it's kind of hilarious. It's it's hilarious is what it is. And, I mean, I think it's just it's smart team building at this point, right? Pat Bev has, is an older player, which LeBron likes. He's a defensive-minded player, so it gives them, you know, a defensive anchor with AD and LeBron because, you know, when LeBron turns it on, he's still one of the best defenders in the NBA. Uh, so now now it gives them that opportunity to, to have that kind of a roster. Um, but, yeah, I think they've got to trade Westbrook. I mean, everyone's talking about it. Kyrie seems to be off the table, but maybe they go go to Indiana, man, and, you know, they, they get uh, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald and – they just trade a bunch of first-round picks and, and Westbrook and, and go for it this year. I mean, if they do actually end up trading Westbrook for Buddy Heald, you know, everyone's going to be pulling that trade conversation from years ago when they should have just gotten Buddy Heald in the first place. But that kind of looks like where things are going, right? You know, I've heard the rumors of Buddy and Miles Turner getting traded for Westbrook in two first-round picks, and then the Pacers get to buy out Westbrook, have all this cap space, have Lakers picks, which... You know, they still could be something, especially if they're a ton of years from now. So it will be an interesting situation if the Lakers can figure it out. But in terms of Pat Bev, you know, he did say that the next few years were going to be his when, when you know, the, the Clippers got Kawhi and Paul George. Now he's on the other side of the story. That could work out for him. Dude, he's been traded five different times since that statement. Like, I feel kind of bad for him, but, like, that's why you don't talk smack to Steph Curry. You know? God got you. Like, <laughs> the basketball gods protect Steph Curry, and they got you good, man. Like, oh, oh, absolutely. Man. The, the last thing to mention about the trade, obviously, is the hilarity that Taylor Horton Tucker gets traded for Pat Bev when, you know, just about a year or so ago, they wouldn't trade Kyle Lowry for him. No. Kyle, our boy, maybe falling off the planet a little bit. We're not going to talk about you know how good or bad he is. A year ago, Kyle Lowry was good and would have been great for this Lakers team. And so it's kind of crazy how far things can fall. They wouldn't have had to go out and get Westbrook, which like I think is the major issue at this point, right? Like they would have get to keep all the players that they sent to Washington um, in exchange for just having you know Kyle Lowry on their team. Hmm. Rob Blinka, man. It's why people don't think he's a great GM. I mean, the Lakers have proven in the past, what, 20 years? There's so many young kids that have left the team, haven't looked good while they were there, gone on to brighter pastors. Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. I'm, I'm not even going to say names anymore because if you know Randall, you know, Clarkson, Nance, like, like Hart. <laughs> they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Oh, man. And I'm a Sunny Laker fan. <laughs> A little bit, a little bit, but I think that's enough Lakers chat. I don't really think there's much more we need to go into there. Hopefully we'll get to talk about it more if this Westbrook trade ever gets happened because I know Matt loves to talk about LeBron. Yeah, buddy, you know it. I mean, let's talk about what we're here to talk about, the Central Division. Uh, so we're going to, you know, 
pick apart this division, see where where everyone stands. Obviously, the Bucks are the class. Chicago, Cleveland are those up and coming teams, and Detroit maybe this year. But Indiana's depends. definitely going to be at the bottom of this, man. You want to start at the bottom with Indiana? We may as well just scrape from the bottom of this barrel. This Pacers team, who I gotta say, Matt. I can't, you know, hit on them too hard because, you know, two years ago, I was always talking about how this Pacers team needed to just sell and hit rock bottom and stop being this team of mediocrity, and I never thought they would do it because, you know, they wanted to stay relevant, they wanted playoff times, but we're so close, man, we're so close to doing it, if they move Miles Turner, if they move Buddy Heald, it is all young assets, it's all future, their GM talks about how they want to, you know, build around Tyrese, like... It's time for the future in Indiana. Yeah, I think it absolutely is because Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner aren't going to get you anywhere, especially in this Eastern Conference. No. Um, so they may as well cash in, um, go back to the draft board, and see if they can add some players you know, around these guys. Because unfortunately, like as much as I like Ty- Tyrese Halliburton, as much as I like Benedict Matherin, like neither of them are sure fire superstars or all stars in this league on a consistent basis. Um, so you really need those types of players in order to to really call your rebuild something that you can push forward and yep. build on. So they're definitely going back to the draft board. They've got to add, right? And they've got picks. They've got assets. They're young, and if they're gonna go all in, then you know maybe getting Westbrook buying him out and having a better situation in a year or two from now where you don't even remember that you had to you know give a guy like 40 million dollars just to not play basketball right like but that's also hypothetical we don't want to get into that let's talk about what the Pacers have right now and that is a potential budding star in Tyrese Halliburton one of Matt's favorite picks from the most recent draft you know we do like Matherin you know I was pretty happy that they picked him up, you know, better than the Kings getting him, at least. You know, that, that, that's where my mind goes there for a Canadian. But they've got to figure out their next steps. Obviously, bubble legend TJ Warren is gone. They don't have Rubio. They don't have Stauskas. They don't have Brogdon. They are looking for the future. And I, I want to see, like, 15, 20 wins from this team. I know that's not the best thing to say, but that's what I want to see for them. I want them to be Did in the they? lottery. They had 25 wins last year. 15 wins is Keep it going. something that, down. that is in their reach for sure um but at the end of the day like when you start your rebuild like this though i think you really need to like try to maximize your assets like look at what utah's doing they are trying to get every single penny that they can out of gobert and out of mitchell i think they really failed on that front with malcolm brockton i think like yeah. andrew namhart uh tice and uh, naismith are very very mediocre you know capital to get for him i think they got a first round pick in that trade if i'm not mistaken but you know boston's gonna be picking at the back half of of the 20s for the next decade so like honestly they need to get something out of turner and buddy heald and if you know those laker future picks man they could be some really really high picks if they're unprotected so they've definitely got to strip it down to the studs they're in Wembenyana territory this year but Man, we'll see. I mean, hey, if they break 20 wins, I'd be shocked. Shocked. I mean, we want to see Tyrese, you know, break out, have his opportunities. But when you think about the rest of this roster, there's just not a lot going on. So there's not really much more to say, right? Like, But the best thing that the Pacers have done for themselves 
is made themselves a true lottery team and not middling in the middle. So, you know, I can at least applaud them on that. Yeah, because, like, again, after, like, the fifth overall pick to the 15th overall pick, it's considered lottery, but <laughs> those picks rarely pan... Well, it's not rarely, but, like, rarely do you find a guy consistently at each of those picks. Um, you got to really do your homework in that, in that you know, 5 to 10 range. Yeah. And Pacers haven't proven that they can. Right, you know, we, we haven't mentioned, you know, our, our old boy O'Shea Brissett, you know, who's been doing really good since he joined that team. And, you know, another guard, Chris Duarte, was proven himself last year. So the Pacers have a, they've got some things going on. But as you mentioned earlier, they just need that little bit more to really get over the top and be a true rebuilding team. Dude, I like Duarte. I like Halliburton. I like Matherin. They're just, like, they're not going to be your number one player on a championship team. They're going to be your number one player on a on a second-round exit team. So it's it's all about where, where you want to finish in this league. And, you know, being mediocre for some franchises is just great because it's relevancy. It's, it's keeping your fans in the building. But I think tanking for four or five years for, you know, a shot at really true contention is, is always worth it. I mean, that's how we want to think. You have to be thinking about the ends of the spectrum because to get a championship to go all the way you have to be the best team at a given time with the best luck with the right situation and you need the best players to make that happen and unfortunately a lot of teams get their best players by being absolute garbage by being literal trash and i think like sometimes you need the best player like like i'm good to move on from the paces and talk about the bucks buddy like Giannis and that team that team if you put Giannis off of it maybe they're a 40-win team. Maybe. Giannis is worth 20-plus wins for this for this franchise. And, you know, if they kept Chris Middleton in the playoffs last year, they might have gone all the way to the finals and might have won. I think picking up Joe Ingles was so sneaky and smart for this franchise. I'm worried about it, what, it, what it's going to do for them defensively, but offensively, where they kind of struggled last year, it's it's money. And, and you have the defensive juggernaut in Giannis. So you can afford to make those decisions because a lot of people don't realize this about Giannis, but he is the best help defender in the league, right? Like, if you can have good strength, stalwart defenders around him, he is going to be that extra little bit that makes it so that your team just feels, like, unstoppable against. Like, you can't get to the rim, you can't get your shots, it's just how it is. And Joe Ingles is the offensive firepower that they needed. I think even if they had Joe Ingles to replace, you know, Chris Middleton's injured minutes this year alone, they might have had a little bit more to be able to get over it, right? Because Joe Ingles came in injured, I'm pretty sure. They got him off an injury because that's why I'm pretty sure why the Jazz sold him last year, if I remember correctly, you know. I could have it wrong, but either way, this Bucks team has an opportunity to keep winning championships because they have a player like Giannis, you know. You think about Jokic, you think about Luka, you think about LeBron, right? There's a select number of players that can bring you 20 wins, that can take you from a 40-win play-in team to a 60-win championship contender, and the Bucks have to keep doing it. Giannis is, what, 28, 28 yeah. years old right now? Like, I think, yeah. He's not, he's not getting old, but in two years, he's on the other side of 30, which for Giannis isn't going to be that big of a deal, but it's going to start becoming a conversation, so they really got to capitalize sooner rather than later. Well, he is a player that, you know, predicates a lot of his game on athleticism. Yes, he's super long. Yes, he's super big. But, you know, he still needs to be able to get up and down the court. He still needs to be able to dunk on guys. Yep. Um, if he can develop his shot, which we've all been saying for the last five years, you know, if he can develop that shot, um, I just don't know if it'll ever happen for him. 
but yeah, they've got to capitalize on him while they've got him in his prime as the unquestioned number one player. Like everybody knows, you know, you're you're starting your franchise with one guy, Etiannis, and then it's Luca. So at this point, man, like they got to capitalize before Luca becomes that next and has that team around him to be able to push to the championship. Uh, absolutely, and I mean, it's also the East, right? You can't. You can't just forget about the East right now. There's so many good teams. There's so many up-and-coming teams, right? Like, the Bucks are the cream of the crop right now, but if the NBA has proved anything over the past 10 years, you know, unless you're Golden State, unless you're LeBron, your time at the top is very short, and it doesn't have the opportunity to stay, right? Like, yes, Jokic just has these MVPs and MVPs, but because of injuries, his team hasn't been able to go anywhere, right? And anywhere. I don't think Giannis wants his legacy to be getting that one championship and then just falling short over and over time and time again because we know that Giannis is a much more dominant force and if the team is healthy and built well around him he can be a force that takes you to the finals and can win you multiple championships absolutely man um he is crazy um a guy who's going to try to do that for his franchise is Evan Mobley in Cleveland man he's going to be trying to be that next you know how would you classify Giannis like point forward center yeah. like just monster in the middle is what I like to call him Gian- Giannis um, is more of the point forward Jokic is more of the point center right like that's kind of yeah. the way I think about it yeah just you know a big big uh monster that you just don't want to have to play against Evan Mobley you know trending towards that direction especially on the defensive end um they've got a great you know roster and, and they showed out last year like not a lot of people predicted them to be in the top half of the eastern conference for as long as they were i think it was like 80 percent of the season they were yeah. up there and until the jared allen injury and like the other injuries that happened mobley got hurt for a little bit like until all that like they were a top four seed they ended up falling out of the playoffs completely because of atlanta but hey man i predict them to to be a better team this year and, and to definitely make the playoffs for sure when your young defensive stud is getting Tim Duncan comparisons, you're getting set up for success for the future. The Cavs are in a good place. The fact that they have Colin Sexton, a player who two, three years ago was a 20-point-per-game stud and people were excited about, might not even be on this roster. Is just waiting, sitting there with a qualifying offer because Darius Garland broke out last year because all these different things like... The Cavs are in such a good place. And, you know, I can only be so upset as a Raptors fan because there will always be this Cleveland-Toronto rivalry because of LeBronto and what he did. But I'm also pretty happy for this franchise to have them coming back, to be into relevancy, to have such a good set in Evan Mobley, you know. Mobley and Scotty are kind of like those two guys from this draft that, you know, Scotty fell because he's Scotty. He wasn't part of that, you know, original core of these are the best players. And Mobley just kind of was like, eh, we, we just, we, we won't pick him first, right? So they kind of have that, like, budding friendship almost because of that. And so I love seeing both of these teams lifted up and rising together. Um, yeah, and the fact that, you know, they got Jared Allen, that they've got you know, just a really deep roster at this point. And the fact that, you you know, Colin Sexton might not even be on this roster. The fact that he can't get a, a restricted free agent offer because... What? Nobody wants to sign him to a, a bigger contract that you know Cleveland wouldn't match. Everything that they think that they would be reasonable for him, they would assume Cleveland would match, and he's trying to get the absolute maximum that he can. I think he's just got to go for a one year, try to get a little bit closer to free agency. Something. Uh, 
Yeah, man, because he unfortunately is kind of stuck at this point with Karis LeVert on this roster, with Darius Garland. They're kind of just ahead of him at this point, and Cleveland is, is like, okay to let him go. Um, sucks, but hey, man, it's, it's the nature of the business. Again, he's going to be good on a team that is middling. He, I, he might be able to be a fringe piece on a championship caliber team. He's just not going to be that that driver. They think Garland's going to be that driver. They think Mobley's going to be that driver. And you know what? They've been they've been pretty right about it, man. Like yeah. those two players have been absolutely phenomenal. Laurie Markkinen um, and Jared Allen also helped out. Kevin Love, shout out for his six man resurgence last year. Like that guy was so good. Um, so they they've got a very interesting mix at this point. And after all of those LeBron years, like not being able to put a team together around LeBron and then him leaving because of it, coming back, winning solely because of the moves that LeBron's making, being stuck with Kevin Love, like it's nice to see that they've got this, you know, new core coming up. They've got this new new breath of life in their franchise and it's it's good to see for them, man. And again, I like I put them right behind the box in this division. They're they're pretty great, and Kevin Love. Matt knows me. I'm I'm super happy for Kevin Love. The man basically helped me win a fantasy championship. You know, second time won it against Matt. You know, no big deal, not a big deal. Anyways, we'll move past that. But yeah, this Cavs team they've got a lot going on, and and Darius Garland really came out of the woodwork and and took over. Right, like it's crazy to think how a career can shift for someone like Sexton because a guy comes in, takes your spot because you got injured, and then. All of a sudden, it's like, well, what do we need you for anymore? Because Garland can pretty much do everything, and if not better, in certain scenarios, right? Like he's more efficient, takes care of the ball better. Yeah, exactly. There's there's no real way to think about it, and so Sexton's got to figure out his future. I mean, there's also Rondo on this team. I forgot that Rondo got traded to the Cavs, and he's just hanging out in free agency. Nobody nobody seemingly wants to pick up Rondo. You know, one of the legends of that Boston Celtics victory from years ago. I'm just. I'm just ripping on Rondo because Matt knows I like to rip on Celtics, but there's not really much more to say about this Cavs team. You know, they're they're going to be relevant. They're going to show up. They're going to keep doing their experiment that the rest of the league is looking at. Like, can we can we do multiple bigs? Is this allowed? Like, the problem is you have such a uniqueness in Evan Mobley and Jared Allen and how they work together, right? Like, it's almost and marketing and marketing exactly coming in and being spot. It's almost a cat go bear situation, but a younger right version of it, and also very different. Because, I, oh. I mean, Mobley compared to Cat in, like, five years won't even be close. In my well, Mobley, I think, is more the Gobert in the situation if you're going to compare them. But he has more offensive ability than Gobert could ever dream of. And then Jared Allen is a better defender than Cat is, specifically in the post. Like, yeah. And then the fact that you got Markin in the sharpshooter. The fact that we haven't even mentioned Isaac Coro who is a lottery pick two years ago and could really blow up this season. Like, I'd love this, they're a really good roster, man. Matt, just like Unfortunately. Trying, to, trying to make me feel better. You know, Isaac Okoro, my my rookie of the year pick from years ago. You know, I, he probably doesn't even remember that, but that's my hilarity right there. I'd love to see Isaac Okoro blow up. But, yeah, you mentioned it. It's it's unfortunate that the Cavs are doing so good because it's another Eastern Conference team that we got to contend with. Hey, man, like... You know what? There's going to be a lot of rookies of the year coming out of the Eastern Conference. We seem to be, you know, picking them pretty well. It was between Mobley and, and Barnes this year, and honestly, I think we've got two in this division. Like we talked about Benedict Matherin, but Jay Nivey could be the, easily the front runner for this for this award. And I mean, you look at the Pistons, man. 
they they don't got much anymore. They you know took away what uh, Jeremy Grant, Josh Jackson, Luca Garza. Like you know they're depleted, and they could just run it through Cade and and Jaden Ivey at this point. The Pistons, hands down, won this most recent draft, and it's not even close. Knicks fans still in shambles about the trade, but I, w- I won't rip on them too much because that's not fair. Let's talk about the beauty of the Detroit Pistons. There's so many good ways to go with this team. You know, everyone was joking when Kate got drafted that Detroit basketball was back, but I think this year's draft and this year's decision-making from the front office has really proven that Detroit basketball is looking to come back. It's ready to start. You know, the train is getting loaded. Everyone's packing on. Their stuff's getting in, in their cartridges, and they're about to shoot out of the station. Because Detroit, yeah. man, they're looking like they could be someone. I'm not talking about being, like, championship relevant. But when you talk about a young team that has a lot of assets and has a true potential floor general superstar in Cade, you can't forget about this team. You can't ignore the Pistons. And as Raptors fans who can never beat the Detroit Pistons in any games, this is not a team we want being that good, okay? It's not. Dude, it's... It's crazy how they they just got the perfect compliment to Cade in the draft uh, in terms of Jaden Ivey. Like, if you're going to do two different guards, one is a slower, you know, played his own pace, sets everybody up kind of guard, and Cade, um, definitely true superstar potential. And then you've got, um, you know, Jaden Ivey, who's the, the athletic slasher, jumps out of the gym kind of guy, and it's just going to push, push this team. Um, the fact that they got Jalen Dern at, at 12 I think it was you know out of Memphis he's gonna be I think a good center they they insulated him well by you know fleecing the New York Knicks for Nerlens Noel and oh, Alex Burke for for absolutely nothing they also stole Kevin Knox from them Kemba Walker like they just like doing a, a Knicks rebuild over here but hey man I think you know when you have the better pieces like Kate Cunningham Jaden Ivey Jalen Duran um I think it's going to be better, man. I think it's going to be better than having just R.J. Barrett as the guy to build around. You, you've got it right there, right? All these young names, all of these great players that can come in and, and find places on a roster, and there's no expectations, right? Like, this team has the opportunity to figure out what they want to be. But, Matt, there's one name we haven't mentioned yet that I have to bring up right now. He's a guy who I'm going to be really high on in this season, and if he lets me down, well, I'm going to have to rethink my entire way of life. All right, Sadiq Bey, one, he has a sick name, but two, this guy was told by his front office, hey, man, you need to get a hobby. All you care about is basketball, and it's not good. You need to go do something else. So he decided, I'm just going to go move to Colorado and just go hike mountains. And if anybody who knows me knows, I'm all about hiking mountains. I'm all about living out in the wilderness. So this guy, who, you know, if, if you assume that Kevin Knox is going to become nothing because it's Kevin Knox and you can assume that this guy is the wing player on this roster last season he was putting up 16 points a game quietly for this Detroit Piston team and now he's going to be superhuman with all of this you know oxygen he's going to be able to breathe with his super lungs from Colorado so Sadiq Bay looking like he's going to join this young roster and become something special I'm excited for the Pistons man did he not drop a 50-burger last year? I'm pretty sure he dropped a 52-point masterpiece. I think like, so. This guy, I agree, he's got great potential. Another lottery pick for this Detroit Pistons team. Um, you know, what more can you say, man? They, they've got a really good young core. Um, it's scary how good and young they are, but we'll see if they can, like, make some noise. What, they win 23 games last year, so 
if they win 35, 40 games, it'll definitely be a huge success. And another part of this whole equation is Dwayne Casey, man. We saw Dwayne Casey take a young Raptors team filled with potential yep. and coach the best out of them. I have faith that he's going to be able to do it with this Detroit team. And I hope that he gets the shot to see it all the way through. I hope that he gets the you know leeway to develop this core into what he wants and then is able to get to a finals um because i i'd like to see i felt so bad for the guy after winning coach of the year like and then getting fired and he's accepting the coach of the year award all like pissed because like obviously he just got fired for no reason if you're the coach of the year um yeah it was i'd like to see it for him we have such a weird emotional relationship with Dwayne Casey because we love the guy because of what he did for us, but also we're like, how do you beat us in every game that you play, Dwayne? But no, like I'm looking at like a Taylor Jenkins Grizzlies situation over here, right? Like I want to see this young player development continue to work together, and they they've made all the right steps. They've they've put themselves in the right position to be successful, and now it's almost up to the players and and Dwayne and and everyone to come together and see if you know they can be something together, whether it's you know. A bad boiled stew or if it's just going to be something really delicious and delectable you're not expecting you know i want to see it and they're doing what you know you technically should be doing in the nba like what has been proven to work over the last few years is is building a team through the draft through continuity and and really developing together right like they're not like just throwing a bunch of random pieces together um which actually brings us to our last team man the chicago bulls they they chose to go that route you know they traded for Nikola, uh, or yeah, Nikola Vucevic. They re-signed Zach Levine. They would after they traded for him. They traded for Lonzo. They they got Caruso. Like this team is is good. We don't even talk about Demar who signed there in free agency. I don't know if this year is going to be better than last year. I think that they had one opportunity last year to really shock the league and i think they came out and shocked a lot of teams in the first half and that's why they were so good the injury bug really really knocked them down but i don't know if if they're gonna be able to replicate that kind of a season again this year i know you're quite high on them there's just too many players i like on this team now of course they've added you know higher aspirations goron and as matt reminds me we can't be pumped about a team that has higher aspirations or no all jokes aside I just like, want to see it for the Bulls, man. I, I just want to see it for Demar. I want to see it for the squad. And the injury bug, as you mentioned, really did take them down. And so I, I have hope that they can be healthy. Now, you have Lonzo Ball, who has never been able to prove that he's been healthy, as that floor general for your team. And if he's not able to be there to keep that flow, that system that you had at the beginning of last season, you're going to fall apart again, and you're going to have Levine and DeMar just taking mid-range jump shots, and middies don't work in the postseason, man. The Suns have tried for years as the best mid-range shooting team, and it still has not worked for them in the postseason. So I, I don't know, man. I want the Bulls to do well, but I just don't see it. And at the end of the day, like we've seen DeMar at his best, and we've seen what that is. Um, honestly, for this team, in order for them to really take the next step, uh, Patrick Williams is going to have to be fully healthy and play yeah. at a really high level. He's going to have to prove why he was that fourth overall pick coming out of Florida State. You know, if he can show what Scotty showed, that, that'll that definitely improve this team's chance. Um, and then also Colby White, man. I think Colby White has had a, 
sneaky, decent start to his career. I think he's a little bit underrated. Um, and I think he's going to pop this year. I think he's going to really show out as like a true scorer in the NBA, um, be able to hit the three on a, on a really consistent basis. And if that, if those two things come together, this team might be able to really push in that, that Eastern Conference. I just think the Eastern Conference is so deep at this point. You know, like with Atlanta doing what they did, I think they jumped them. Yeah. Um, I think Cleveland jumps them just naturally with the progression of their roster. Um, I think we're ahead of them. And then that's not even talking about Brooklyn, Bucks, Philadelphia, Miami, Boston. Right? I'm like, I, I, I completely with you. And I think the Bulls have, like, the largest spread of possibility too, right? Like, because of the injury bug, because of the unknownness of their young guys, because of the fact that you might have to rely on Alex Caruso to play a lot of minutes, which is good. Caruso is a very good defensive player. He's a great style of player, but... Yeah. You don't want him having to be relied on when you should be relying on Lonzo, when you should be relying on Zach, when you should be relying on Demar and Vucevic. Like, what do I say about Vucevic? Apparently, they they're in discussions about an extension. I hope it's a very team friendly deal, Vuce, because you are you are dragging. You know, you are the one at the back who's just kind of hanging out while everyone else is dragging you along. Unfortunately, you're not the star that they traded for. Well, what he is is he's a great, great box score player. Like, when you look at the box score, he does so well on those stats that you're like, oh, he must be a really good player. But when you actually talk about impacting winning, he is like the opposite of Draymond Green. Draymond Green has no stats to show for his impact, but you can feel the impact that he brings on the court. And I think that's going to be you know, the biggest issue with Vucevic. And so I would agree, like, they've got to go team-friendly contract, please. Exactly. And the last thing to say, you know, Matt Thomas is a free agent for this team. Somebody pick up Mr. 99% from Europe. Matt knows that I just love to talk about my ex-Raptor players, but I think that's pretty much it. We can roll into Raptors chat if you're ready, my friend. Yeah, I mean, like, if you want to do some Raptors chat, like, there's not a ton to talk about. There's, you know, the back end of the roster, and and who's going to really, you know, make the, the 6 to, to, or I guess the 10 to 15 range. I think we've got a decent idea, though. It's it's more about, like, you know, there's a bunch of names left, and we're going to go into training camp in a few weeks, and these guys are really going to have to figure out if they can show off and if Nurse is going to want them in their system. And I know that, you know, you and I are, are a little bit higher on different people. You know, I'm still sad that there's no Utah Watanabe on this list, but unfortunately I don't get to talk about Utah anymore because he just did not cut it in the NBA. He could not knock down those threes. But let's talk about the team that does exist. You know, we have hope for Malachi. We have hope for Delano. But the guys that are, you know, kind of more on the bottom of it, will Coloco make the list? I know you're really big on Jeff Doughton, right? Like, Svi still has his contract. There's still there's all these guys that are fighting. But, like, who is going to take those spots is the question we're at. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the Raptors over the last few years have definitely shown that they trend to younger players, um, especially on the back half of our roster is what we're looking for. So guys like Justin, guys like Malachi, guys like Delano are all going to get you know, really good looks. And same with Christian. Um, obviously, I think Kem is going to be one of our, our center options. Um, yeah. But like, I think we have a, have a decent idea, man. Like It's just going to be whether any of them can, can take a step, the younger guys, and really impact our team in, in a great way. Because really, like we know our team and we know who's going to be getting the bulk of the minutes when everybody's healthy. And at the end of the day, I'm 
I'm totally fine with that. You know, roll it out with with Scotty, Siakam, OG, Fred, and and Gary, and, and toss me some precious, some Otto Porter Jr. You know, minutes because as much as I like Thad Young, I think he needs to be managed because he's a little bit older. He's he's much more of a locker room presence. I think that's where a lot of his uh, veterancy comes from in this day and age. And I know that he's meshed well with the guys, and they do like him. I still think that Thad is part of the major reason why guys like Boucher and Precious were able to change their mindsets a little bit last season. I look at him as like you know that veteran presence in the locker room who could maybe explain to them that hey guys, you know this is about a lengthy career. This is about the team coming together. This is about winning championships. It's not just about you, yourself, and I. So I have hopes for this team. I, I'm interested to see what happens. Otto, you know, we haven't talked about Otto a lot, but I like to think that Otto is going to be the type of player that can make it. And So we'll see come, come the end of the week because I have hope for this Raptors squad. I think that it is going to be fun, right? Like, we're really excited for this season. And at the end of the day... Man, I just want good Raptors basketball. Matt's come back to us. He's still alive. We're happy to see it. But, you know, anything else you got on, on the Raptors side of things, man? I've just been rambling about our boys. No, man, it's it's good. We're good to, to go into some, some takes. Perfect. Well, I mean, I, Matt heard it earlier. For me, I was already talking about him, but it's all about Sadiq Bey for me. You know, I'm excited to see what he can do. He had a really good step up last season. But I want to see if we continue. The guy shoots almost seven threes a game, Matt, and he's a 38% three-point shooter. So I want to see that continue, if he can get his rebounds and assists up a little bit. We're looking at a stealthy MIP season coming in from my boy Sadiq. Hey, man. Yo, he could definitely do it. Um, if he does have that MIP and, you know, Cade really takes that step, you know, maybe Chicago – or, I mean, uh, maybe – uh, Detroit's pushing for a playoff spot, man. Maybe that play-in. Um, a team that like I'm pretty down on is I think is going to miss the top six in the, the Eastern Conference this year is Chicago, man. They were in it last year. They were one of the number one seeds for the like majority of the season. I think this year they're gonna they're gonna end up in the seven to ten range. Uh, where that is, you know, who knows? But yeah, unfortunately, Chicago fans, you still didn't put together that championship core. They're just, they're just, they're just not quite there, you know. They're close, but just no cigar for Chicago. I think last year was their best option, and it didn't come through. So, yeah, such is all right. Well, I think that'll wrap it up today. So, thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up, and check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.